Welcome to the Rationalish Podcast. I'm here with the roguish Eddie Matthews. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, so, yeah. Today is... Uh, so I texted Morgan and I said I got our topic for this week. And he's like, okay, cool, what is it? And then I was like, ah, oh, we'll just talk about it on the pod. He's like, really? You're not gonna... I'm not even like a hint. And I'm like, yep, we'll just talk about it on the pod. And I was like, you don't have to do any research. I'm just going to tell a story. And uh, and then we'll talk about that story. So it's a little anecdotal time with some uh, psychology baked in and some self-reflection. As it My were. thought is either you that about? you have chosen something that I wouldn't have agreed to <laughs> if you had told me in advance. And you're going to spring it on me with no preparation. Or... It's just more of a kind of a fun uh, aside, a way to, to getting into some sort of shenanigans that you've gotten into. I thought it would have been better, a better listening experience for our beloved listeners if I, um, if I didn't tell you. At I mean, all. can't argue with that. And you like, and I told you, and I told you on on air, as it were. I can't argue with that. It's all about the listener, so I'm, I have to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, okay. I, like, didn't sleep well last night in anticipation okay. of this. It's really heating up. I, I'm on the edge of my seat. Because because I'm just so <laughs> reluctant to tell this story because I still feel, like, embarrassed and humiliated and just, like, gutted by this experience and so i'm still like processing all of that just if you didn't sleep well uh, after every time you were embarrassed in your daily life i feel like you would be chronically under underwhelmingly <laughs> poorly in in just inadequate health with uh <laughs> yeah jeez i was wondering how many adjectives you were going to i do i really wanted to get the point across stress how little sleep you would get <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, all I have to say, I'm like very reluctant. This is very hard for me to talk about. I'm very vulnerable. So just, you know, that as a disclaimer. Uh, all right. I'm so ready. I'm going to basically spoil the end. I'm going to spoil the end of the story at the beginning so that you're not wondering where this is going. Mm. So kind of like Shakespeare used to do the plays with Romeo and Juliet they'd have this monologue at the start and be like, here's exactly what happens. And then the whole play, you're just hoping that that doesn't actually happen, even though you know it's going to. <laughs> you're really building us up. So we've got a comparison to Shakespeare. I, I like it. Let's, let's, let's no, do it. I'm just saying that's what happens. <laughs> so the end of the story, the shorthand, is that I was defrauded for 1500 bucks. Oh, no. Um, another way to say that is I was scammed. Another way to say that is that I... Uh, I'm a, a victim of fraud. Another way to say that is another just, way to say that is that uh, you had fifteen hundred bucks. So you know, hey, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, In academia. That's yeah. nothing to laugh at. <laughs> I mean, well, the other it. way to say is as I was being a dumbass and it cost me 1500 bucks. It happens, man. So basically, I'm at 
uh, Scout Coffee in San Luis Obispo. And it's like 1.30 in the afternoon. And uh, I get a call from a number that I don't recognize. And I usually never answer those phone calls, whether in the UK or over here, because nothing mm. ever good comes from it. Nothing. They can leave a message. That's my theory. They can leave a if message. If you really need to get a hold of me, if you really need to get a hold of me, you can leave They a can message. leave a message. That's exactly my theory as well. Um, and so the, and so two days, okay, so this happened last Wednesday to give some context. Okay. Two days before that on Monday, I got a call from a Washington DC number and it was a number I didn't have in my phone. I've had a new phone for, you know, about two weeks or so. So there's a lot of numbers I don't have, um, which is also kind of like a difficult wrinkle in this, um, story. So that definitely adds to it. Yeah. So, That's so two days before that, I got a call from Washington DC number. The only reason I picked it up, cause I wouldn't have picked it up. Only reason I did is because I've been applying for internships in DC and like leaving a contact number for that. And so do you think they chose DC because it seems like really professional and regal as like a, a territory? Yeah. Like if you're just from like West Virginia, you did you would not have picked. No, that. they chose DC because that <laughs> is the hub of our uh, of the U.S. government. Yeah, completely, one hundred percent. And so, yeah, I picked that up thinking like, oh, maybe it's the Sanders campaign, which I applied for an internship for. Um, I think it's one of those opportunities, and it was just an automated recording, like you would get, like the same kind of you know lady's voice that is in all automated recordings. Um, and it was just, yeah, she's, she must be really rich. Yeah, seriously. So <laughs> a lot of royalties. So it was that lady's voice and it was just saying, um, you know, that I was like on a list for an impending payment for the internal revenue service. And that was oh, like no. part of mm. like the end of the message. Right. And so it's tax season. Mm. I, and here's like the other just really unfortunate um, coincidence in this mm. story is that I had done my taxes literally the last day I was in Swansea, which coincided with the last day of taxes. Um, the reason I put that off, yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, there was <laughs> a paper that I was presenting the following week at a conference. So like a lot of my time and energy had been like preparing that paper been doing an academic workshop. I still owed my supervisor two um, chapters that I was rewriting. I somewhere in DC, somebody at the IRA, the IRA, the IRS is playing a very small violin for you right now. Okay. Yeah, no, I know. So there's all this stuff, and that kind of goes into it. Is like, well, the IRS doesn't care. Like the IRS doesn't yeah. care. Like what's going on in your life? Like they want you to pay your taxes. And so, um, anyways, I did it and. I filed like literally the last day and then for whatever reason, TurboTax um, for my specific like instance did not, it like required me to print and submit paper, right? It did not allow me to, mm. to file online, which is really annoying because it, it meant that yeah, I had to like print yeah. it all out, go to the post office like right before it closed, send it, like get it postmarked on the 15th, like at 545, mm. like right before it closed. So it just led for a stressful day. And that was actually my last full day so in you're, Swansea. So you're the perfect target, essentially. Yeah, it was my last full day in Swansea. I had my entire kind of like life packed up into like a big duffel bag and a backpack. And mm. so I literally like packed up everything and was going the following day to meet um, 
my mom and my sister in Paris. And so that was like right at the cusp of a 10 day trip too. So that's kind of where my headspace was. And then I was like moving. So I had been applying to all these jobs. So anyways, it was just uh, a very inopportune time to do my taxes. Um, and then so basically part of that is like, I realized that I hadn't um, included because my taxes are all over the place because I did some consulting work for Point Loma. I'd done some teaching uh, for Swansea and then I worked at a publisher, which is foreign income. And so... Dude, so the real question is, did $1,500 $1, even make a dent in, <laughs> in, yeah. your, uh, in your annual earnings? Yeah, I didn't even notice it. Um, <laughs> and so basically... I had like printed and filed and like all like set to go. And then I realized that um, I needed to like include this other, um, you know, money that I'd uh, earned and that I had included. So I filed an amended like tax return and they charge you like 52 bucks to do an amended tax return. Um, and so I sent all that off cause I had to get it postmarked that day. And then, um, and then I just hadn't like, my mind had been elsewhere right so for the next like three weeks and so finally like i got around to like i got that call and i was like oh shit this is about my 52 dollar like amended tax fee and i was like you know fair play to the ir and this is me thinking at the time i was like oh you know mm -hmm. fair play to mm -hmm. the irs for like doing these automated uh, messages that cost them nothing that scare the bejesus <laughs> out of people and get them to like because it worked like i went that day to irs.gov and like paid that 52 amended tax um you know fee and mm. that was like a legit payment to like the real irs.gov that was not a <laughs> yeah and so even though the voice message in reflection after i was like uh reflecting on all the stuff that was also a fraudulent thing you know because the irs yeah. and this is like if there's anything that people learn from this story, um, it's stuff that's self-evident to, you know, like my parents, when I talk to them about it, to people probably, maybe it's self-evident to most people. It was not self-evident to me that the IRS, um, any government institution uh, communicates solely via mail, via paper mail and your address. Mm. And that is it. Um, they would never I call they, you. I wonder if they would have in a world where phones weren't completely overrun by scammers, if they would do that, but now it probably would just make it more confusing if they tried to contact you that way. Yeah. I just, so I had, probably I had never received a phone scam before in my entire life, like on the phone. Really? No, I had never, I had never had one. You see, I think the big problem is that you got a new phone. Your old phone was like super encrypted some sort of anti-scammer voodoo on it maybe or i just never i like just never answered phone numbers you know that weren't um mm. that i didn't recognize it's usually a good call because yeah. you know why would i you know and so um and usually the irony is that usually i wouldn't the reason i wouldn't answer them wasn't necessarily because i thought they were scammers although probably most of them were the reason i wouldn't answer it is i thought <laughs> just someone had a wrong number and i didn't want to do the like Oh, who are you looking for? Oh yeah, sorry, wrong number. <laughs> and I just hate those types of interactions. So it was more me being like, uh, you know, highly introverted than me like being afraid of scammers. Which yeah, is... I'm usually, the only time I ever think about picking it up if I don't know the number is if it's from somewhere really interesting. Right. Like sometimes I'll get a call from like Norman, Oklahoma and I'm like, that's a weird, that's a weird phone number to get. 
and then I think about it. But usually, I th- unless somebody calls me twice, the second time I'm, I think about it. But still, why wouldn't they just leave a voicemail? I've never gotten a, a proper answer for why, in any circumstance, you wouldn't leave me like a two-second voicemail if there was really something wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, mm. And so, basically, yeah, that DC call um, almost like primed me for, you know, what happened on Wednesday, right? And so, yeah, basically... Now, um, even though, you know, I had paid that, I was like, well, okay, if they follow up, I'll get this sorted out, you know? Um, because I kept, because I just didn't want to like keep getting unknown, like calls on my phone. So that part, um, was, so anyways, I get this number, um, and I'm like, all right, let's like deal with this. I'm in Scout Coffee Wednesday at like 1.30 or so. Um, and it's this guy and let me just preface this entire story by being like there's going to be 25 red flags that (laughs) everybody listening is going to be like well how did you not like understand that that was a scam like was that not a blaring red flag was that not a blaring red flag was that not a blaring red flag and it's like i think our audience understands that you're being very brave and sharing this story yeah. with the number of red flags and uh, I think they just need to get off their high horses and realize that they've probably maybe not for 1500 bucks but everybody's been scammed at least once you know it's like uh, when you're on Microsoft Word and it shuts down and you didn't save everything it only happens to you once or twice yeah. before you really but it happens that one or two times to everyone yeah yeah um, no that's a good point and just because uh, I and another thing is I just recently had to get um, car insurance again. And so mm. I um, was like looking around for quotes and I basically used this. Um, it was essentially, do you remember a kayak? That like website that you would use for like comparing. Yeah, flights. I know the way. Yeah, yeah. It was like a kayak mm. for car insurance quotes. And I had never okay. shopped for car insurance just because I had used um, basically the one who was referred to me from, you know, my parents. And that seemed to work yeah. fine enough. But I was like, uh, I wonder if I could save a little money, you know, from. 60 bucks a month. I wonder if I could go down even less. Um, and so for a great real late, you can get online, go to the general, save some time. Yeah, there you go. Free publicity. I think we can maybe, maybe we can get, yeah, maybe, not free. If you're out there, general listeners, yeah. that's going to cost you. <laughs> so, um, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I was like surfing the web. I guess I'll use this one. Um, did I like compare some quotes and, and get some people, some suitors for me as well, as it were. And, um, so basically, yeah, I did that. And I think that was also, I think that's how they got my phone number. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Basically, you sign up for anything online with your phone number. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's bad news. Um, yep. and I just didn't think of it at the time. Cause again, like I'd never got a phone scam before and I'd heard of like one other one. Like my mom had told me about this call that she got from this guy in T1. He was in a, he was in a jail in Tijuana which she didn't know at the time, but, um, it was just this Mexican guy who was calling her and saying like, Hey, I have your daughter, like wire this money. I'm going to, uh, yes. so that was my like, grandmother. I'll tell you at the end, my grandmother got quite a, quite a dramatic one. Like yeah. That as well. So that obviously was terrifying for my mother because, and like when she told me that story, I was immediately like, yep, I would take that very seriously considering, you know, if I was in her shoes, considering, um, my mother has a daughter. She lives in Southern California. Like at the time, you know, she was living in San Luis Obispo, but it's not like my mother's tracking my sister's every movement. So it's, 
you know, it's improbable, but it's possible that she had gone, like, popped over to Tijuana. Um, I have done that plenty of times. And so yeah. it takes some sorting out, you know? Um, but the re- the, there's some psychological reasons there, which I'll get to in a bit. Um, but anyways, back to my story. Um, we understand this, Matthews. That's a tough one, you yeah. know? We're, we're here with you. We're here with you. So... <laughs> Basically, I get this call, and so that's all the context for me uh, picking picking up and answering this time when I when I would usually never do that, and so I do um, answer the phone, and immediately it's like I think they this and I'm still like putting this together, so I'm I'm trying to give all the excruciating details as possible because I think that that's the most honest way to communicate this story, but I'm I'm like some of the details are. Like, I don't totally um, recall because it's very much like a, I was not in the right state of mind to uh, recall them, you know? For sure. Your brain's probably also trying to, like, actively block this memory from your from your mind as you're getting this out. Yeah, seriously. So I get, I get the call, um, and I believe it's an 800 number, which is all, that's first red flag, right? 800 number. Um, yeah. So I... So I answer it, and it's a guy who has like a slight. Re- was it? Wait, was this also from DC? I don't remember it, what location it said. Okay. I okay. don't think it said DC. Um, and so I get the call, and uh, I answer it on my cell phone, and um, my cell phone's like eighty percent charged, which will be a detail that is relevant later. So I get the call, and. Um, He's got a slight, like, Russian accent, so another red flag, right? But these are the kind of details that you're totally not processing um, for some, you know, uh, reasons I'll get into later. <laughs> so he explains that his name is Officer Chris Neesham. Um, oh, that's a badass fake name. <laughs> you gotta give it to him. That, that is not a red flag. That's a green flag. That guy's name, that's like, yeah, you listen to that right, guy yeah. for sure. So, um he like explains that he's from the u.s marshal i believe it was was like the entity that he chose um all right that's a red flag (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean yes it is uh however i know nothing about law enforcement (laughs) and i know nothing about like domestic i don't know anyways uh, yeah obviously another red flag um or he might have like he mentioned a couple equally overwhelming we can mess like, take, we, your, take your pick. We can permanently mess your life up type uh entities like the nsa he's like yeah this is nfa and so basically he's, he said like like is this edward matthews like, yes like and then he kind of like describes to me the situation that he says that i'm in basically he's like look um someone with your social security number has been opening bank accounts in el paso texas and been laundering money um through like illicit narcotic activity and he's like have you ever been to el paso texas and i was like no i've never been to el paso and he's like are you sure like are you absolutely sure like just to let you know this car this call is being recorded um you know because we need to have a record of this like can you state like definitely you've never been to el paso texas I'm like yeah definitely i've never been to el paso like what is how going on? early in in this phone call do you think he he knew he had you um do you think it was like that I think, point where you're I like think probably you... early on I think I was annoying him by how long I was taking to get like hooked. Like I, I could hear the him being annoyed in his voice by being like, 
get on with it. I want to get to lunch. Gotcha. So, I mean, um, sounds like a great actor, to be fair. Jeez. Oh, so, anyways, uh, it's okay, Ruben El Paso. I was like, no. Um, and then after he like asserts that, like, it takes us a solid ten minutes for me to be like, seriously. I've never been to El Paso. I don't know anything about this. He's like, is this the first time you've heard about this? I was like, yes. Like, this is the first time I've heard about this. Um, and I had to say that like three times. And then um, he basically says that, he's like, have you shown your social security number to anybody? Like, has it, um, like, have you lost your, have you misplaced it? Like, do you know how they could have like received your social security number? And so, like, I talk him through. It's like, well, I found my taxes, paper. Like, I don't know. Um, or I think I told that to, you know, the other guy I was transferred to. Anyways. Um, so, he, like, walks me through that. He's like, okay, just, like, you know, like, be... I think this is, like, the irony. He's like, hey, be careful with that, you know, information. And then he, like, asked me to confirm, like, the last four digits of my social security oh. number, which, again, like, you should never, ever do this. So wait, he transferred you to another person? and then Yeah, eventually, but that's like, that's like a little, little oh, okay, okay. so like I confirmed gotcha. the last four digits of my social security number. Um, and then, which again, you should never do, etc. Yes, that's foolish. That's <laughs> on the table, whatever. And he gives me a case number, like DMC 701089. And I remember that because I wrote it down here in my notebook. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Um, and then he gave me like two other numbers just for kicks and shits and giggles, I guess. I like how he just, he was like, yeah, yeah. Marshall service, NSA, whatever's the scariest. Uh, also take as many of these numbers as you yeah, want. It's just, whichever one sticks. It's like, oh, it's overwhelming. <laughs> like it's inundating me with information that in the fight or flight adrenaline pumping, like yeah. people. And then he's like, he's also like. Just so you know, like, because they're trying to figure out which accounts are yours and which are not, like, your accounts have been frozen until they, until we kind of, like, work this out, until we figure this out. Um, mm. And so that's kind of, and he's like, are you in, like, a quiet place? Like, like, you know, are you in your house or are you in your car? And he's like, and so the other means of them... Um, Another tactic, basically, is for them to, like, isolate you and paralyze you, right? So the... Yeah, yeah. Freezing your ass, telling you that your assets are frozen is the paralysis. Telling you, like, go to, like, a secure location. Um, that's the isolation, right? Because they don't want you talking to anybody because immediately somebody not on the phone with these people and not, like, implicated in this would be like, oh, they're telling you this? Like, no, that's definitely a scam, like... And so also that's why they're sending you so many numbers and things. They just want to keep you occupied. Right. So you don't, you don't have any time to think about, wait a second, this is suspicious. Yeah, definitely. Well, and that's what like the, the system two part of your brain, which I'll reference later is, is there's some intimations of that, but like questioning it, but system one is just so like in control. Um, that comes <laughs> from Daniel Kahneman and which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I like to picture System 1 just, like, slapping System 2 and being like, dude, it's the Marshall system. Yeah, seriously. Get your shit together. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, like, they are saying basically, like, so look, um, you have two options, right? 
like the one option is like you can absolutely kind of like get yourself a lawyer and get um you know an attorney and representation to kind of like fight this case and you have your case number and that will usually take like six months to a year or like the other option would be like we can settle this today um i can walk you through that method so it's kind of like another basically when you when you start the, when, when I started the phone call, I had all of these options. I could have asked somebody, but I didn't know anybody in Scout. I wasn't with anybody. I mean, I could have yeah. asked a stranger, like, hey, I'm getting this weird message. I could have hung up. I could have hung up and called you. I could have called my mom. I could have called somebody. Dude, you can always call me, man. Yeah. Um, I could have called anybody. I could have, um, you know, hung up and tried the number later to see if it was indeed, you know, uh, one of these government agencies. Um, all that to say is like I mean, part of, I think the like strategy here, which worked extremely effectively on me is that they start you with a lot of options and then basically narrow and narrow and narrow and narrow and narrow until you're doing being like, okay, like I hear you have two kidneys. We need one of those donated <laughs> to like, it's literally, um, it was essentially like foot in the door, um, I don't know if that's a syndrome or like a foot in the door heuristic, right? Yeah, definitely. Which essentially, yeah, that's like the famous Benjamin Franklin story where the way he got kind of his mortal enemy to be on his side is asking him to do a favor for him rather than mm. being extra nice. Because once somebody does something for you, you feel like you're involved in helping this guy get everything sorted out. You find it really difficult to kind of break that barrier and give up on it. And that was the difficulty for me with this whole thing is that... Um... You know, these people that, you know, somebody less, someone that was in a more stable life state or less gullible or had experienced this before would never, ever take this seriously or trust these people. But for me, it was like they were building rapport and trust with each step of this thing, you know? Um, I think this is good for people to know because I think the the problem is also that we like to think of scammers as being like really obvious and really dumb. And aggressive. So you picture like, yeah, you picture somebody like with a really terrible accent being like, hey, give me, like, what's your social security number right away? Yeah. So when people even give it a modicum of legitimacy, like they've obviously done in this story. Yeah. Or they, it definitely throws you off because in your mind you're picturing idiot scammers. Yeah. Or they, or they bust out of the gate with like, Hey, like, if you don't do this, I have someone, mm-hmm. you know, here and like, which, um, again, if like the right, um, circumstances are there, like that can be very scary too. Like if they were to say they have my daughter, I'd be like, I don't have a daughter. Boom. You know, like there has to be it's like a concerted effort on, do you think this is all like one large scammy organization that like deliberately does these hardline straight up front scams and these more soft line kind of gradual scams and that together this is the perfect combination of scams yeah i think so probably um i i think it's not just these two guys i think it's yeah part of like a much more bigger more nuanced like organization i mean i like to think that it was like they literally had an office building and they actually transferred you to someone that's like that's ex- 20 waiting scams. that's exactly what i was thinking about it too where i'm like when i'm you know being transferred He's like talking to his assistant. He's like, mm-hmm. "What? What's like being catered in the conference room today?" Oh, tomato and cheese sandwiches. 
Mm. Yeah. Like they actually outsourced it. They have like a separate offshore scamming industry Seriously. in India where <laughs> somebody's waiting by. Seriously. Um, <laughs> and he's like on the phone with me, listen to me, just like freak out. And he's like rolling his eyes as <laughs> colleague and like, yeah. Um, so anyways, he tells me like, okay, like we're, you know, next red flag. He's like, where, like, where's the closest bank? I was like, well, I'm like a three minute walk from my bank. He's like, okay, I'm going to transfer you to my colleague. He's kind of like, we'll walk for you to the, through the process. He's like, and then he also said, what is the phone number of like your local police department? And so mm. I like Googled it and gave him the um, phone number of the Arroyo Grande police department. And he's like, okay, I'm going to, that's pretty genius too. Cause they're like making connections with the local police. Yeah. And he's like, he's good. like, I'm going to transfer you to, um, one of the officers at your kind of like local branch, like hold on, like stay on the line so that, um, you can transfer this. And so that's where he makes the transfer to the second guy. And it comes up as the Royal Grandy police department on my phone, you know, really? Like oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's pretty good. So I answer it and, um, it's this guy again, like Indian accent, another red flag. Um, they, I would say everything about this scam is pretty professional except for the accents. They really need yeah, an accent Yeah. If they had an American with an American yeah. accent, like, oof, mm. they would be deadly, man. Yeah. Let's not let any, if you're any accent coaches out there. Yeah. Don't do don't it. Don't do it. Don't do so, it. So this, um... So this guy's um, kind of, you know, walking me through. And this guy's like much friendlier too. It might have been kind of like a mm. bad cop, good cop. Good cop, bad yeah. cop. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, good, good, bad cop. Good, bad, fake cop. Yeah. That's what they were doing to you. Fake cops. So. <laughs> fake cops, good and bad. <laughs> so he's like um, talking me through and he's kind of reviewing some of the information that um, the other guy had kind of like recapitulated. Um, and so he's uh talking me through like okay the next step of the process like what did you you know um just to reiterate like the situation all the stuff we're trying to like really isolate the accounts and um what we need you to do is kind of take like your money out of your accounts so that we know that those specifically are the right accounts um and so Ooh, that we can isolate it because the money is like he's like right yeah. now this money laundering scheme, it is flowing between like several different accounts that are attached to your social security number. So we don't know which is which. So that's why we need like gotcha. to, you to kind of get mm. the money out so that you can protect your money, you know? And so that... Gotcha. I was wondering how that was, how it was going to get to where your money was involved. Right. Absolutely. That's a good little twist. Yeah. So, um, basically I go like scout is like a three minute walk from, you know, the chase on March street, I think it is. So I go to that chase, gotcha. um, I go in there and he's kind of like walking me through, um, what, uh, what to do. And he's like, well, he's essentially like ask for the maximum out of your account because like, that's, you know, what we need to kind of, uh, get it to isolate it. And so, uh, that's like another, well, I'll just stop with the like red flags. It's self-evident to people <laughs> at this point. It's like, why would, you know, yeah, I'm actually surprised they asked for you to get the maximum. Cause that is like a, it seems like a gamble on that. That's end. definitely a gamble. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a gamble. And so, um, I went in and talked to kind of like the bank teller. He's still like on the phone. Right. Which is another, mm. another mm. way that 
is that is very intentional choice. It's like I feel like the bank teller could have helped you out here. I feel like the bank teller, like they should train the bank teller to be like, if the guy's on the phone and he seems like he needs money now, like just ask him side eye and be like, you sure that's the IRS or whatever? Right. Um, yeah. I yeah. But uh, so basically, I was like, can I? Here's I put in my debit card. I was like, can I get like the maximum amount out of my account? She's like. Well, there's no maximums. So, like, you can take out any that you want. And I was like, okay, um, what would that be? And she's like, well, so you can you can take out, like, you have lower 1,200. Like, do you want 1,200 just taken out now? And I was like, um, yes, I guess so, just in cash. And she's like, okay. Um, the other thing that they tell you, which is also, uh, they tell you, like, if you don't ask, like, you know, what's going on on the phone, like, you can tell them it's an emergency. Um, mm. And so that's, like, another... I guess, like, way for them to cover themselves, but also a gamble, right? If someone's like, it's an emergency and you need money. Yeah, that's... An emergency is so vague. Emergency is very vague. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, anyways. So, you know, I get that, put it in an envelope, go out of the bank. Um, and then I forget to ask the zip code because he's like, he's like, oh, like, ask, like, the current zip code that you're in. And he's like, oh, man, I forgot the zip code. And he's like, okay, you can go back in and just, like, ask someone what the zip code is. So I went back in, still like phone to my ear, right? Um, and I was yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. like, what's the zip code of uh, San Luis Obispo? And then they gave me the zip code. And so I told him. And then once he got the zip code, he's like Googling where the nearest like Bitcoin machine is. And so basically he, but he doesn't, he doesn't mention anything about Bitcoin. He's just like, mm, okay, like... Yeah, the, that's a red... That would have been a red that, flag. If he had mentioned Bitcoin, he's like, I need you to transfer this to Bitcoin. I'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Like, even me yeah, in yeah. my hyper-vulnerable uh, state with all this stuff, I'd have been like, no. Like, that's yeah, been like, the Marshall Service uses Bitcoin. How progressive. Yeah, how progressive. <laughs> so, um, but he doesn't do that. He's like, okay, like, the way that we'll, like, process this is um, through... And this is the other thing that, like... He said, like, basically, I need, like, a safe... What I interpreted, I think this is what I interpreted as, is basically, like, a safe, um, like, wallet, right? He, like, he kept saying, like, kind of, mm, like, a safe mm. wallet for me to put my assets gotcha. while they uh, open up a new account, you know, that, that they can go through. And he yeah, um, yeah. basically was like, so we need to isolate that today, and then tomorrow we're scheduled a time for, like, two of our representatives to come out, you know, and meet you at your residence mm. to kind of um, like finish off the rest of the process. And so there's like a couple angles for them to localize the problem so that it doesn't feel like it's this literally people who are literally in a different country, which is the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. But um, just like localizing it to where you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So basically he's like, okay, like the, our like near center is like 30 miles from you. It was in Santa Maria. He's And then he gave me... Um, an address in Santa Maria, 371 down center east, Santa Maria, 93454. Mm. And so I, like, typed that in my phone. And I don't know, I mean, other than kind of, like, high school sporting events when we were, you know, freshmen and sophomores in high school, I've never spent any yeah. time in Santa Maria. I know nothing about, like, where stuff is, where stuff isn't, you know? Something like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is one of those, you know, uh, faceless, dark, like government buildings that I'm going to like be able yeah, to yeah, meet yeah. with somebody and be transferred to and like be able to sort this out. Right. 
Did they stay on the line all the way from San Luis to San Marino? Yeah, that was a problem too. Well, a problem mm, for me. Mm. But that's yeah. like the thing too is then. And so basically like I stayed on the line um, with them, typed it on my phone, got Google Maps, got my got my car. This is the other thing. Like when I was talking to the detective like much later that night, he was like, he's like walking me through all the, all the obvious red flags, which <laughs> I was you know, kind of going through too. Yeah. He's like, well, law enforcement would never ask you to drive anywhere, you know? Um, and so basically like I drove to Santa Maria from slow, took about a half hour. Um, I got to this place and it's like a big mall and I never like been there. I'm like, okay. Um, and at one point we'd like reached an hour in the conversation. Um, and so he's like, okay, we've reached an hour just to let you know, I'm going to like call you right back. Um, and so that was like another break. I assume that, you know, whatever, like, I don't know scammy phone line they were using like limited the call to like an hour or something yeah i wonder interesting or if they didn't want to be tracked or something yeah maybe i don't know um and so you know i I picked up again and basically like parked in the mall and he was kind of like talking me through where to go and i was like this is i was like a sears building like what like where do i go he's like oh just go in and then you know take a right and um it'll be like a yellow kind of like station i'm like okay I guess because they kind of like the main mall part. And I yeah, have like, yeah. um, oh, this was like another kicker, which is like another like uh, just devastating thing. Mm. Is that they're like, well, like, what are, so like, this is your bank. Do you have like other bank accounts? And I realized like, as I was walking to my car, I was like, oh, I have like another like British bank account. Do I need to get that out as well? And so he's like, oh yeah, like definitely. <laughs> so I went back to the ATM, like a chase and got like $300 out of like the British bank account that I still have, you know, in Britain and haven't closed yet. Right. So, mm. anyways, that was just, like, a, another, obviously, red flag. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, obviously, if this were for real, it's not even worth going through the logic of that, because... <laughs> They're just trying to milk you for every last penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there is point. no yeah. logic to yeah. it. Well, you're so committed at this point, like, your brain is just yelling, like, we can't be wrong at this point, or else we're going to look so dumb. So right. No. It must be true. Yeah. Absolutely. It's 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 yeah. again. It's like it's building trust and narrowing your options. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. and getting you out of your comfort zone, mm. and or not just your comfort zone, but your social circle, your community. Don't pretend you don't hang out in weird malls in Santa Maria. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Little they know that's your spot. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like I go to. I've never used Bitcoin. I've just heard like vague things about it. I don't you know, think about it much. Um, Hey, so there's a positive. Now you have used Bitcoin. It's a new life experience. Yeah, seriously. So I go to this Bitcoin (laughs) machine and they had texted me, uh, like a, a, is it called a VR code? Though like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so I like scan that code and, you know, and it welcomes me in and he's like, he's like, this is the code for like your new kind of like secure wallet. Um, so this is the thing is, you know, people who are like never transfer money. It's like, yes, you're absolutely right. All this stuff. But in my head, in these circumstances, I wasn't transferring money. I was, I was never giving it to somebody. Right. That's like, that was the scenario that Mm. they were, that, that they were, had like, yeah, put me into, um, or that I'd gone along with. And so basically, um, I'm just like sitting there. He's like walking me through. He's like, okay, like you're going to want to do buy, you know, and it's, it's this little machine. It's like a ATM with an iPad. Mm. Basically it's like, gotcha. That Bitcoin's like vaguely legal, <laughs> but yeah, 
That's about it. Yeah, if they had said Bitcoin, I feel like too many red flags would have gone up just because it's so associated right. with these exact You mean earlier on? Using it in this story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, at that point, having driven 30 minutes, having been... No, yeah, you're committed. It's just like, all right, like, tell me how to make this problem go away, damn it, you know? No, they knew. They knew they had you at this point. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I'm, like, sitting there, like, feeding $50 bills into this Bitcoin machine. And I know. know, This is, like, there's so many parts that are just, like... I'm just waiting for the sinking feeling, because that's the worst part of any time you get got yeah no definitely the sinking feeling of realization there was yeah there were several afterward um there was another kind of like extra there are some other extra elements that i'll kind of go go into a bit later um so basically i'm like sitting here and i get and i i have to do like two transactions because i think like a thousand is like the the maximum so i do one transaction of 900 and one transaction of uh, 600 and get like the both those two receipts and he was like, I was like, do you think they were popping like really cheap Russian vodka on the other end when the first transaction came through? No, not at all. I think they were just like, finally, <laughs> like, is this even worth our time? $1,500? You know, there's some guy with a calculator and he's like, that's like $3 an hour. <laughs> yeah. They like did the like, uh, stats. It's like in Moneyball when they're like, do we start Hatterberg? Or, like, the rookie who's an all-star. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, uh-huh. barely... The math barely works out for Hatterberg. <laughs> so it's, like, this is barely just worth their time and optimizing. Yeah, you know? yeah. So they're, like... Yeah. like... As soon as they found out you only had that much money in your account, they were, like, mm, yeah. is it worth it? <laughs> they, like, put me on hold, and they're, like, I don't know, man. We could get somebody. And it's, like... And this guy is, like, taking a long time. He's kind of annoying. I don't really like his voice. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like to think that this was, like, not a good day for them. They're like, yeah, we spent a ton of time. We got someone, but it was not worth it. I know. He, like, goes home to work. He's like, how was work, honey? Like, oh, man, I had this client. It was just, it just. I got scammed. He made me think he was going to give me a big payout. and then. Yeah, yeah. I got scammed. He's only, he, he, I got only got 1500 bucks of it. And she's like, you got to do better, honey. Well, plus he had to split it with his, uh, his accomplices, Yeah, it was his He's probably just like, because I got a phone call from the same number like two days later. Obviously, I didn't answer. He was probably just going to be like, hey, we both know you got scammed. Like, could you not? Come on, man. Like, could you not have given us a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, I'm there. You know, I got my two. I, I print my receipts, um, which he tells me to do. And at that point, the, the whole like just brutal irony of it is I feel like relief because I'm like, okay, like finally, got this kind of sorted and then i go kind of like back to my car and then he like sets up a time for these you know quote unquote he's still talking to you at this point i would have thought he would just hung up immediately after that yeah well he sets up a time for these quote unquote like agents to like Mm. you know come to my house and like sort it you know and i i had like stupidly um you know given them my like uh home address uh gotcha Mm. come and meet these people and so um basically i wonder if they have to like keep you occupied for a certain amount of time so you can't cancel the bitcoin transaction or something yeah it's possible um Mm. i don't think so though because it 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 like makes it clear when you're doing that that all bitcoin pretty immediate Uh, Um, so basically like i um i do that and and he's on the phone not long though like maybe three minutes after I do the Bitcoin transaction, I'm like, okay, okay, so like, is 10 a.m. okay? And he's like, yeah, 
that should be okay. I'll check with them. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever. And he ca- yeah, no, it seriously was like, cause he hung out kind of abruptly and I'm like, oh, okay. I guess you'll like call back. Yeah. And uh-huh. the other thing is that I'd had to pee for like an hour and a half. Oh no. So like I'd had to pee when I was in scout. It's like, I just, I like to think it. that they knew that. I like to think that they, they targeted people right after they've had lunch so that they're even more in a Seriously. hurry. <laughs> the exigency is even more empty. Yeah. I'd also had like, um, I'd gotten up at six fifteen AM cause I, which, you know, I, I got up at six thirty AM, like all when I was in Swansea, that that's not like mm. terribly early for me, but over here, yeah. you know, adjusting kind of to a different schedule, sleeping in a little bit later. It had been early mm. in the context of the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I just hadn't like slept a ton that, like that was the only day in the last like three weeks I got up that early. Mm. Um, so it's like another just kind of like wrinkle to, wasn't really functioning on it all It seems centers. like they, they timed it incredibly well. It was, it so could much. not have been more perfect timing. Yeah. Because... Um, mm. So anyways, um, so I'm like in the parking lot, like waiting and waiting and waiting for him to call back, you know? And I was just like, man, I really need to go pee. And I just was like <laughs> having my phone and just like, you know, uh, just pacing around this like uh, parking lot um, where my car was parked <laughs> in San Maria. Yeah. And, um, and so I was just... I love how long this goes on. I know. <laughs> you still haven't figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I'm just like waiting. And finally, I just, I'm like, all right, screw it. Like, I'll just go pee. And if he calls, he calls, you know, whatever. So I go pee yeah. and, uh, in, in the mall. And I'm like, okay, I'm like kind of relieved. At this point, I'm supposed mm. to meet my brother, um, Oliver. I told him I'd come over for dinner and, and say hi to my nephews. And we watch the Dodgers and whatnot. And so I go over there, um, like right afterward. And... This, and that was another thing which prolonged me not figuring out was like, oh, I have this other thing to do right now because it took mm. from Santa Maria to Paso like an hour to get there. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter how long it takes you to figure it out. You're already... No, they already... The damage I already got done. got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it takes me, you know, um, an uh, hour to get there. So on the way, I'm just like, you know, kind of relieved, looking forward to spending time with my brother, not really thinking about it just onto the next thing, you know? And I think as we'll see, this is an unhealthy. Yeah. Your money's safe. Your money's safe in the wallet. Like, what yeah. Do what do I have to do? I'm like kind of nervous <laughs> about meeting these guys as a falling morning. I was like, yeah, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Um, which is also like, I have a few unhealthy habits that have led to this, me being susceptible to this scam, which I'll get into mm. a bit a little bit later. Mm. But, um, so basically I show up to Oliver's, uh, a little bit late because there was like an accident on the 101 and anyways um and we're just kind of hanging out we so i it, i was very much on to the next thing in terms of like me physically going to a social engagement i had set up but also in my head i was immediately on to the next thing in terms of i was on a conference yeah, yeah. call with oliver yeah. and two of my siblings to talk about this building in AG that we partially own with a couple of other other cousins that we have to like, that we had a meeting for, um, that Friday. And so we had to like, make sure the four of us were on the same board going into this meeting to talk about the lease, talking about rent, talk about if we want to sell all this stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah, So in my like cognition, I was also like, okay, like, what are we doing with this thing? 
I was still getting context there. So I was immediately just kind of on to the next thing, um, in general. Um, and so basically like have a nice dinner with, uh, Oliver and his family and, you know, watch the Dodgers, whatever. Uh, do this conference call, get a consensus with the siblings. Um, and then it's like about nine fifteen, and I thank Oliver and his wife for having me over. Um, I get in my car and, uh, am driving back on the 101 South, um, to go to my parents' house where I'm staying right now. And, uh, and it kind of starts, you know, raining. Um, and so I have like my windshield wipers on. I'm listening to, here's like, I thought you meant like, like thematically, like in your head, it it started raining and you started to realize. (laughs) Yeah. So this is just, yeah, the context I'm like going down the grade, Uh which, um, for those of you who are not, you know, localized to the Central Coast, it's a, Mm. um, it's just like very long, gradual, um, kind of like decline in the road. Um, as you go from just like the elevation. (laughs) perfectly representative of the scan Precisely. of your day. So that's like the context. And then I'm listening as if there weren't a, already 10,000 layers of irony to this story. I'm listening mm. to a podcast episode of Sam Harris's podcast, Making Sense. And it's a live recording of him interviewing Daniel Kahneman, who oh, no. is who I'm going to get into in a bit. He is the only psychologist ever to win the Nobel Prize, and he won it not for psychology, but for economics. And the entirety, the entire kind of, um, most of the content of their discussion, Sam Harris with Danny Kahneman, was his work, um, which I think primarily won him the Nobel Prize, his work into System 1, what he uh, categorized as System 1 and System 2, cognitive functions of the brain and how we make decisions. And so at this point, I kind of was like vaguely listening to it. And I think there was something like subconsciously connecting. And then that's when it clicked. I was like, there's no one meeting me tomorrow because it was a scam. I just lost $1,500. And then oh, that's the worst feeling. And then so as like the, you know, the rain, like my windshield wipers are going, I'm going on a uh. slow decline. I was like, and then, and then it was like, all of the red flags became, oh, and that was, they did that for this reason. That was that. They I said hate that feeling. I've had that feeling. The scammers the worst. The scammers were the ones who said they were protecting me from the scam. It was like mm-hmm. a double, you know, it was, it was like, it was basically like the end of inception. Yeah. It, I just felt like triple crossed, you know? so you're like and the police were in on it how dare they and so basically i'm just like oh oh god and it's just like the worst worst, just most sinking drive home i hate that that's the worst feeling yeah and i just seem like and it's like another 40 minutes to the drive Mm. and i'm just like Mm. oh well when i get home i'm just gonna Mm. tell my parents and so i drive up and i'm just kind of like I don't really have a lump in my throat. Like the lump in your throat comes right before you cry, but it was more in my chest. It was more yeah. just like, just like something 
just like had see i'm proud of you. i'm proud of you for telling like for sharing the story because i've had never that much money but i've definitely done things where it gives you that feeling and i just don't want to talk to anyone yeah about it. i want it to be removed from my mind forever yeah well that's why like immediately the first kind of response once that second sunk in was like some suicidal ideation and i don't mean mm. and i don't mean to to at all downplay people that actually legitimately suffer like daily or weekly with suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts. I just mean the immediate thing was like, well, I could just end it. Like it just, that's, you know, and it, and it, confront, no, and it wasn't, it wasn't legitimately like I want to commit suicide and I want to erase my future. And I like, this is, it was more just like, mm-hmm. I would like to not deal with processing the reality of me wiping out the majority of my savings. You know, I totally know what you mean. I so I'm gonna tell a very quick story that this feeling. So one time I was I was in a foreign country. I won't uh, lambast any particular country, but I was trying to find a soccer game. So I was also in in the same state where like I really want to watch a soccer game. You're in transition, so like, and you not, and you want. I something. was like, and it was a big game too. It was like Liverpool versus Chelsea a couple years back when we had a chance at the title. It actually ended up being an absolutely horrible game for Liverpool, but. Uh, I was like, I need to find this. And apparently there was like nowhere around where they showed this game. And I, I was like really naively like, oh, I'll just find like somebody near my age because they all like football. So they'll obviously take me somewhere where I can watch it. And so I find this guy and he, he's like, yeah, no place right around the corner. I was like, awesome. What good luck. And so I'm talking to this guy. He's really nice. And he, we get, we turn a corner where like away from the majority of the people that live in this town and he's like, oh, wait, this place might not be open on a Sunday, which is genius on his part. Because th- the best part of this one was that he in no way planned this heist because I was the one that approached him and was like, hey, can you take me to the soccer game? And so this is brilliant on his end. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I can look it up. And he's like, oh, do you have a, like, a smartphone? And I was like, yeah, and I took it out. He immediately grabs it, throws it to his friend, who I didn't even know was nearby. And his friend just sprints into the distance. <laughs> I was like, shit. Damn. Like, <laughs> damn it. Like, immediately, I was like, like, he was gone. Like, I couldn't even react at the time. And, he, like, they were from there. So, like, he turned a corner, and it was like, never, ever is this guy ever going to be found. And uh, then I just look at the other guy, and he just kind of gives me, like, a shrug, like, this is on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> crap and so like i'm like yelling at this guy but he obviously doesn't care he's already gotten the phone and uh eventually i i ended up outsmarting them in the end because i got my friend's phone and we texted them saying the police are on their way this has a tracking device in it unless you leave it in this spot and we ended up getting it back which was just a miracle but in between that time i felt like a complete idiot (laughs) i definitely just didn't want to talk to anyone about it (laughs) so i'm impressed that you're willing to come forward with the story. No, thanks, man. Um, yeah. So also that your guys had time to plan. Like this was premeditated. These guys were just like on top of their shit and like knew an opportunity when it struck. I just can't believe the American guy. I can't believe the balls of the guy who who did it after he's after he throws it to his friends. Doesn't even walk away. He's just like yeah. He just stood there like like he wasn't in on it. Wow. Like somehow like the other guy was really the mastermind. And, like, what could I do? I was, like, in a foreign country. The, the police didn't speak English or anything. I didn't have a phone to call him. It was very impressive. What if he pulled, like, a Kyle Mooney and he's like, oh, what? Oh, no, man. That guy just took <laughs> it. it. Oh. 
that's essentially that's essentially what he was doing. Like he was like he was like, what, what do you mean? Like I'm like, dude, I was here. Like I saw it happen. Like he's like calling after him, but in a way too quiet voice to actually get his attention. Yeah. Hey man. Oh, that's his. Oh yeah. man. Oh what? No man. Oh dude, did you want to still see that Liverpool game? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, continue your story. I just want to get us on the same boat because it's happened. I've had that sinking feeling. Yeah, so... It's the worst. So basically, I like, uh, I get home and my dad's still up. Uh, he's like watching TV. It's probably 10, 45. And, uh, and then my mom's like, um, in their room, the light's on. And I just like, yeah, I was just demolished, you know, I was just... I had not, yeah. I don't know, it's the mm. lowest that I felt in... <laughs> it's a terrible It's the thing. lowest that I felt since breaking off my almost engagement to my girlfriend. Dude, we could, we could do a whole other episode on that at some point. Yeah. For now, we'll... Uh, so that's like... We'll keep it, we'll keep it PG. For a, for a comparable thing, like, it hadn't... Yeah. The lowest I mm. felt in three years, easily. Yeah. Um, and so basically I like text my mom and I'm like, Hey, are you up? Or do you, are you around? She's like, yeah. Um, I think she was probably just reading. And then, so she came into the kitchen where I was, I, I started making myself a cup of tea to just like, (laughs) were your hands shaking? Like somebody who (laughs) like in post-traumatic stress a little bit. Yeah. I was, I was shaking a little bit. It wasn't like, Uh I don't think it was visible really. Um, it was more in my tone. I would have been shaking for sure. My mom was kind of excited. She's like, Oh, what do you have to tell me? You know? Cause I was like, (laughs) I have a story to tell you and it's not a good one. Um, she's probably pumped cause she's probably in on the take. She told them when to call and everything. Definitely. She's the mastermind. Yeah, she's so, um, I've heard her Russian accent. Well, no, in a minute you'll realize how it's a very bad business move if she is in on the take. Um, and so, my dad, his kind of ears perk up too. And, um, you know, he like, mm. he, uh, comes over. And so they're sitting at the kitchen table with me. And basically I think I just come out and say, like, I just got scammed and I just realized like just now. And it's, I just feel so just stupid and just humiliated and awful. And they could just hear in my tone that I was just low you know um yeah. and so i don't know why it's so funny I, but it's just the, the worst feeling yeah i like walked uh. them through a few of the details i was like and my mom and she was she this was not like a question she was just trying to get details out of me she was not trying to be like uh. well you didn't she was not <laughs> you know in any way yeah. being yeah, like yeah. Mm. unhelpful she was just like well did, uh. like you didn't transfer money did you and i was like and that's where i was just like so i had all my cash out and then like my parents don't know anything about bitcoin and so that like explaining that part of it was difficult because i was like well i didn't think that i was but there's this thing and were they like, wait, you were at a mall in Santa Maria? I don't even, I don't even, I can't even remember if I like shared. At this point, I was just so low and everything was just uh, so, it was just like, I know, I I know, I know now, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so my, um, and so they, 
kind of like listen to some of the details and they just like their heart is like breaking for me as well my mom's heart is breaking for me and my mm-hmm. dad's like kind of don't worry about it my dad was very very like gracious about it as well and um yeah. so i'm like walking them through this and like honest to god i <laughs> did not tell them this story to be like can you reimburse me i was yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. my plan to really mm. ask for them to like help financially I was just like, here's this thing that just happened and I <laughs> yeah. am not a good actor and I wear everything mm. on my sleeve yeah, yeah, unintentionally. I don't know not mm. how, how not to. And I think that's I think why it's going to be tough for you to get a job at the scam place. I know. At the scam factory. I, know. I think that's why I, a fundamental value and principle for me is like authenticity and honesty and genuineness. Cause I don't know how else to be in the world other than, this is this is how I conceptualize things. Let mm. me care about... Like, I don't know. I don't know any other... I don't know how to manipulate and deceive people in, like, an intentional way. Well, that's why you're the perfect target, right? Because you're not expecting anyone else to be... Yeah, that, that mm. coincides really nicely with naivety, right? Those... Yeah, yeah. Be, have, being that way and also not being naive is yeah. extremely has to be learned, right? It has to be learned. And I just Absolutely. hadn't I mean, yeah. I hadn't come yeah. across it. So the scams I come across, like I had gotten texts recently from I assume probably the same number after I did you that. You must have signed up for like some very like you you went on some sort of insurance website that is just like a sign for them that you you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I think that's how they got the number <laughs> yeah. in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and so I'd gotten texts being like this Amazon deal. And I was like, clearly not, you know, I get, um, so I gotten texts like that, like a few different ones. I'd never clicked on the link. I never, I'm not really like a coupon guy or a deals guy. So I never am prey to those scams. Those had, those had been the only scams I had been like approached with is like, click on this link for whatever. And I never click on the link because I'm terrified of viruses and, um, the internet man is a terrifying place if you don't know where you're going. Well, there's something about talking to someone straight up too that just makes it more authentic to begin with, you know? Yeah. Like there's an actual person there. They didn't just send mass email out. Totally. Yeah. So I just told them and they were just like on the spot. And and I think because my dad had gotten like – my dad hadn't in any way like fall – uh, prey to a scam like this before, but he had been on the receiving end of scams and, and mm. it had been convincing enough for him to like call somebody that he trusted and that person tell him, Oh no, yeah, like yeah. don't, it's a scam, you know? And yeah. then, you know, he got out of it and it was fine. Um, my mom as well, had kind of come across, uh, some of that, you know, the, the Mexico jail story, um, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. I told about. Um, and so, Basically, they're like, they were really sweet about it. And they were really just like comforting and being like, stop, like, just, I know it's hard, but like, take a deep breath and stop beating yourself up. Like, this is... Well, I'm glad there's some, there's some heroes in the story. No, they were, they're absolutely the heroes of the story. Like, this Mm. is okay. Like, this happens. Like, we've gotten these things. We know, especially my mom who had gotten the, the one you know, that I mentioned, she's like, it's real when you're in the moment. Like I get Uh it. It's terrifying. Like she had had like the flu the next day, I think like, did she just been like, 
physiologically yeah. un, unnerved by it. Well, there's something about someone calling you on your phone, like especially if you're in your house or somewhere you feel safe, and it's like they can get you anywhere, you know? Yeah. Like suddenly your whole world is collapsing. Yeah. Um, and so, so they were really, really empathetic and really sweet about it. Um, and then the thing that just like, when you're in a really kind of vulnerable state and I, another kind of, um, you know, I think unhealthy habit that I have is I don't know how to ask for help. Like I just don't, I don't know how to do it. Uh. I don't, it's, I don't know how. And so basically they were like, how much, so how, just like, tell us how much are you out? Like how much did they? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like $1,500. And like on the spot, they're just like, all right, here, like, and they just wrote a check like $1,500. And I, and I was just like, uh, I awesome. felt so like seeing that check almost brought like the immediate response was even to go lower. Cause I just, that it was even more kind of like humbling, you know, being uh-huh. like, Oh, I made this huge mistake and now I have my parents have to bail me out of it uh so that but that was that is if you're that was my that was just my ego right that was my ego being like i'm an autonomous intelligent like world capable person who is on a path and this falling prey to this scam took that entire ego uh testicle i have my shit together Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here yeah. in the interim time. It took all that away and laid me so low and being like, actually, you're naive. Actually, you need people. Actually, you need a support network. Actually, you need community, you know? Yeah. And it was yeah. just like, yeah. So it was, it, it was right there. And so, you know, amid my protest, they're like, no, seriously, this is what we're doing. And my dad was just like, it's no problem. Like, this is what we're doing, you know? And, um, and my mom too, obviously. And so I just kind of like let the check sit there on the table for a bit. And we just kind of kept like talking a bit, you know, um, my dad, I think was, was going to bed and he's like, just, he's like, it's done. Like, that's okay. You know? And he, and then he went to bed and then my mom, I think made herself a cup of tea. And then me and my mom just like chatted for like, three hours, you know, like another, like until mm. like one thirty in the morning. And, um, and, it, and the first probably like, you know, 10 minutes of it was probably just her being like, you know, I think just comforting me. And the rest of yeah, it was yeah. just like us shooting the shit, you know, and like catching up in a way that I hadn't allowed myself to do with her or well, either of my parents, because I think I felt like I didn't need to because I didn't want to be vulnerable with parents because I think I codified that as weakness, you know, as so really, regression. Vladimir, we're going to thank you. Yeah, thanks, Vlad. <laughs> um, and, um, but really is like, shit, man, that conversation was, was deeply edifying and you know, for me, and I think it was what my mom was, was hoping to connect to me in a way when I got back and could sense that I was putting up all these kind of, I think just making it hard for me to access, for her to access me and what was going on. And, and it was palpable. Um, cause it, at the end of the day was just like pride. Like I'm good. I don't really need your guys help, you know? 
And yeah, um, definitely. Well, it's good that you know there's positives to be taken out of the story. Well, yeah, and it, it and and I clearly do and did and continue to because, um, and I think monetarily is such a that's a really small portion of it, but just to be a well integrated person, you know. Um, Absolutely. And so, so yeah, we just had like a great like conversation. It was deeply. I don't know, comforting, and maybe that conversation alone was just like worth going through this humbling. Because I think that's that was a huge conclusion of this whole thing was like I needed to be humbled, <laughs> and I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that I needed to because yeah, I was trying as much. Like I just, I am, I am revolted by arrogance, and so that's something constantly on my mind is to, to try to like never make somebody feel like I am holding rank or like, or using my intellect to like make them feel small or any of this, you know? And I don't, I don't think I do that with people. And I certainly hope I don't do that with my parents or anything. So I don't think it's that. I think I just had like a cold distance there. Um, that came from an insecurity about, hey, like, you can be close to your parents and not revert to being a teenager or to being, you know, a child in a way, you know? Yeah, it was like absolutely. this fear I mean, of regression yeah. that is so deep-seated within me for whatever reason, you know? No, certainly. I think we get that around not just our parents, but friends you haven't seen in a while or people that you feel like you need to present yourself in a certain way because you feel like you need to show that you've grown. Yeah. When really it's, you know, it's okay. Not everything doesn't need to be growth. Everything, you know, there's something to be said for congruence of your past and future self. So, yeah. And I think the other thing is that like, I don't know, something that's definitely true in Wales is that I isolated myself like, both physically, emotional, like, in every possible way. I went through, like, a severe, like, 18 months solid of isolation. Yeah. And perceived self-reliance, I guess. So, another, like, I just moved back, uh, you know, April uh, 23rd. And hmm. so I'm still in this, like, transition period where I'm lost, you know? Because yeah. I had kind of like my routines down and kind of my life more or less like set up in Swansea. And a uh -huh. lot of that, um, I gained a lot of comfort from that, you know? And, but I'd also like had a deep longing for just emotional connection with people because, uh, I don't for whatever reason allow myself to really connect with, people that I don't trust and it's really I've realized really hard for me to develop trust with people and so I maybe had you know a couple friends in Swansea that I had developed that level of trust with but I realized upon moving over here is that I didn't have the go-to person that I trusted enough to look like to look like a dumbass in front of so that yeah, I didn't, yeah. so that I didn't make a huge mistake, right? Mm. So like, uh, but that's just again like my ego thinking I look like a dumbass. Where the person that I trust, the reason I would trust them would be like, 
no, 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 no. Like, it's okay. This is normal. People get these scams. Like, you're not, you know, before the scam actually yeah, happened. So, like, course. check with them. Yeah. Being like, no, 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 no. Like, even checking, like, I get it. You know, these things are convincing. Don't do it. It's a scam. You know, and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I trust yeah, this yeah. person, you know? Mm. But I didn't have that person. So, it was just me, you know? And also having, I don't know if this is something that we've ever talked about, but having, like, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, yeah, makes you susceptible to irrational thinking and these types of things I think a little bit more than the average person that has you know more or less like no like mental health problems you know and so the sure. idea that my name is on a, li- a list of in some government agency and my assets are frozen there's that part of my like obsessive compulsive self deep within myself that's like I knew it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And of course it's irrational. It's all these things, but it's like, it's, it's it's down there, man. It's something I have to like work on and, and kind of calm myself down from. And so I think like, I don't know when we talk about the need for connecting and all these things, like I think a huge function, you know, for those of us who are, you know, religious of any faith, but also like, you know, for me, my um, religious faith taking the form of Christianity, something that's hugely, I see as an asset, and not always, but many times, most of the time an asset is having a community to be a part of and to serve within and to hopefully build trust within so that you're not manipulated and taken advantage of in, not just in this way, but in a variety of, in a, in a intimate relationship, in all, you know, in, in several different ways. Because the world is so complicated like you can't navigate it alone you know of course i mean i think there's two different philosophies about this right it's to make yourself so hardened and individualistic that you're wary of everyone or to kind of realize that that is unhealthy and have the ability to make connections with other people that can protect you in the same way that they would kind of divvy up uh, chores in a kind of a community. Yeah. I had I taken certainly the way we've adapted is to the second rather than, yeah. than the former. I had taken the first option, which I don't. So obviously I regret this experience. I don't regret going yeah. to Swansea and in many ways don't regret the lifestyle choices I chose to make because it really, really, really allowed me to focus on a problem and devote my time to a problem. However, uh-huh. I do regret not pursuing a more well-integrated life while I was over there. And by well-integrated, I mean, um, I don't know, I guess pursuing a relationship, uh, like a, a romantic relationship, pursuing more like regular, like actively building more friends, more of a community, just getting, you know, into social circles more. I think that those kind of just being well integrated is a better, um, it's just a better lifestyle. It's a better path forward. Um, cause it, it makes you less, again, I think just less susceptible to irrational thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not just about evading the negatives, right? There's a lot of positives just in having a community and having people you trust along the way as well. Um, yeah, and it sounds like, uh, you're taking, definitely taking the silver lining of the situation. And, uh, I think it is really, really brave of you to share 
on the on our podcast, even though we might have the most viewers, I think our viewers will get something out of this. So appreciate it. Oh, thanks, man. And you know, you always have the listeners here and your co-host to to help you when maybe not Vladimir and his friends come calling, but when there's other opportunities for uh, for questioning. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll wrap this up soon, but I just. Uh... I had one other kind of point to make in terms of we'll put this I'll put this link in the in the um, description because I think it's interesting. It's, <laughs> if it's Bitcoin listeners, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's a, essentially a YouTube video with a summation of the work of Danny Kahneman, um, mm. and it talks about System One and System Two, right? So these yeah. are, as the video describes, really um, kind of succinctly and well. Uh, system one and system two are, uh, Danny Kahneman describes them as like characters in the brain. So they're not localized. Like you can't go in the brain to my understanding and be like, this is where system one is cognitively physically located and like Uh describing that it's more of like a way of encapsulating different cognitive functions and like assigning them a nickname, you know? So system one is the automatic, intuitive, you know, quickly solve problems, mental shortcuts, you're on autopilot. What you see is all there is. That's a point that they they make in video. What you see is all there is, right? So you, um, this is is where stereotypes come from. This is where, um, you know, just a lot of our intuitive like judgments immediately like come in, right? And system two is the effortful, um, deliberate, rational, something that takes, you know, a lot of energy and thought to put into in order to make a decision, right? Uh Um, Something that you can't do, this is another point they make in the video, something you can't do while taking a left turn in traffic, right? Mm. And so basically, these scammers were inundating me with enough information to not allow a moment it, it was like being at a left turn in traffic for an hour and a half and so i think like if you're not in the situation if you're not kind of like following the logic um of the situation it's like wait you're on the phone for an hour and a half with two different people who did not sound american and and you put fifteen hundred dollars in cash from your bank account into bitcoin it's like what the hell were you thinking like really you did that and it's like imagine making a major being forced into making a major decision while you're waiting to like take a left turn in traffic in two seconds right like that's like repeatedly the type of thinking that you're kind of narrowed into in that type of situation so i thought that was a good way of conceptualizing the left turn in traffic but basically with this scam, they do not allow system two, the deliberate rational thinking to come into play. And specifically, absolutely. I mean, designed to do that. I'll, uh, Kahneman, another thing that I'd like to point out is it, it's all contextual as well, right? The, the reason that the space exists for scammers like this to kind of take advantage of these cognitive processes is because of the original condition of the confusion and the convolution that kind of defines a lot of our financial systems. There's a reason that everyone always chooses the IRS on a lot of these scams or the Marshall Service or whoever we don't know anything about. It's because 
financial crimes are incredibly confusing unless you study financial markets and all these other things. And even then, it makes very little sense. So there's a space for, in this confusion, for us to fall back on these cognitive heuristics that Kahneman and Tversky talk about. Because in that moment when they say, oh, we're from the Marshall Service of the IRS, you're using you know, your availability heuristics, you're drawing on these contextual things from TV, you're drawing on whatever you can, because there's no way of you to really pick apart their arguments about uh, identity fraud and these other things, because they are just so confusing that they're forcing you to use this this uh, kind of fight-or-flight mechanism for simplifying things, and that's what they rely on. Yeah, and I just... Um, my dad is, like, a very... He's a very kind of authoritative, strong, not-a-ton-of-nuance figure growing up in my life. And so there's a part of, like, me that psychologically projects the authoritarian father figure that I grew up with, who I love dearly, but also, like, that can be problematic, projecting that on... I'm more predisposed to giving authority to people that either don't warrant it or would abuse it than somebody that does not have that predilection to obedience and kind of, you know, uh, willingness, I guess, and also kind of being more of a socially cohesive, wanting to gain consensus pushover. And that's not to say that all people wanting to gain consensus are pushovers, but like, that's something I have to work on too, is like, it predisposed me to being like, yes, tell me what to do and I will do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's something that society as a whole has to balance, right? You can't just have no obedience to authority or else it's, you know, chaos, but you also can't blindly follow authority or you end up, you know, reenacting the Milgram experiments. So yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot to, to take away from this story. I appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah, no worries, man. I just, um, yeah, I don't know. Just to like, yeah, I just, just to wrap up, I think with a, with a note about, um, I think something that's helpful about the Christian narrative that, um, you know, that I believe in and kind of um, chooses, I don't know, the way for me to navigate the world is that there's a big emphasis on the need for grace and receiving grace. And I just think that for me, the following day after this happened, you know, and I got the check and I was on, I, my mom called me just to like check in, see how I was doing and whatnot. And when you, when, uh, was this before or after you met the guys who came to your house? <laughs> the, the <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, um, it was after I'd made them coffee. We had gotcha. a good time. One yeah, of them yeah. was a okay. Cubs fan. We talked about Chris Bryant heating up recently. Um, so yeah, I'm, I went to the, the real social security office, which I found out was mm. just next to my other favorite place, the California DMV in San Luis Obispo. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I waited for like an hour and a half and, you know, met social security people and just, they put kind of like a kind of just, um, an alert on my account just in case, you know, there was other, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Problems with it. Mm. which, um, which I followed the advice of my parents, which was good advice and, and to do. And so my mom just called me to see how kind of things were going. And she was like, oh, did you go to the bank yet to deposit, you know, the check that we gave you? And, um, and I was like, 
you know, after, after reflecting some, I was like, well, like there's some assets I have over here. I could probably put this together. I've been doing some grading for Swansea, that paycheck. I was like, uh, I don't know if I can, like, I don't know. And she's like, what? Like, no, honestly, seriously do it. Like that money will get to you somewhere. I'm going to Venmo it to you. You're not going to be able to avoid me doing that. It's like, are you sure? And she's like, I, it's already like, I didn't have to even think twice about it. It, it was absolutely no problem. Mm. And I was like, okay. And so I did. And I, and I ended up did going to the bank and, and depositing that. And I, <laughs> this is like another kind of just humbling thing is I, I think just to bring it full circle and just for mental, I don't know peace within and reconciliation with myself i drove to santa maria to the same place the following day and i know it's like stupid but like with i was like you know what i have nothing to lose by seeing if this cash machine maybe they screwed up something on their end and like had forgotten to to take out the funds yet i don't know how these like receipts work but perhaps on this bitcoin machine like there's nothing for me to lose and scan a qr code and see if i can just get it dispensed from that you know Mm. thing um, so I went, you know, all the way back to San Maria. I'd had, you know, time in between, um, social security office and me and my dad for lunch. And, um, and you know, that's not how that machine works. It didn't, you know, work like that at all. And I was just yeah. like, okay, it's done. Just let it go. And so on the way though, I reflected on like how that phone call with my mom that I just got off the phone with. And how, like, I had convinced myself that I was kind of too busy to get my mom, like, a present for Mother's Day. And I didn't even write her a card. And I just was, like, I just started bawling as I was driving, like, on the freeway. Just feeling like a, just like an asshole, you know? Like, mm. not feeling like I put as much, the the warranted effort to let my mom know that I appreciate her. And at the same time that, um, that they... That she just was so gracious and giving just immediately. And I think that, that like, for people wondering about the Christian kind of message of grace, like, that, that is it. Like, being laid low, humbled to, like, a point that you just don't want to wake up in the morning. And then somebody being like, that's okay. The problem is gone because you're loved. Like, that... I don't know. To be reminded of that and to be the one recipient of that and for there to be no strings attached, that is what makes the kind of transformative things possible because the following day, like my dad had this project that he's been doing. He's been putting granite um, on, you know, their, um, well, what used to be yards, but now it's like granite. And so they had been like re kind of essentially setting a new layer of granite. And so it was a bunch of like shoveling and, you know, spreading granite around and rolling it. And so the following day I was, um, I got home around like four thirty or so, just a little bit earlier than I normally do. And he was out there doing that. And I just went and helped him for three hours. Um, and it wasn't out of like, I owe you to do this because you gave me this money and I feel bad. It was honestly like, I would love, I would love to help you out and do this. And, and it's apt, like, yes, it's the least I can do, but like, I want to, I just 
I'm moved to like do this and I'm not doing it grudgingly or anything. And that's, and so, and that was just lovely to, I think, have that response rather than through a lot of times, I think, I don't know, spending time with my dad, I have a hard time. Just a lot of times it's like, I have to work myself up to it. And sometimes it's out of obligation. And this time it's just, just purely like, oh yeah, no, let's do this together. This is, this will be lovely. And it was, and us getting lunch the following day after it happened, it was just, it was nice. And I was humbled and laid low enough to be like, to actually receive, to actually talk to my dad, you know, and, and, and actually share each other's lives. And for, for me to like deeply appreciate some of the attributes that he's given me that, um, that are extremely valuable, like coming into a church setting and just being the one to move chairs around or being the one to volunteer with kids, not because I'm good at it, but because there's a hole. And that's something I get from my dad that I think is not insignificant and beautiful. And I don't think it's something I, I had realized until this time. It just took, yeah, I don't know. It took that amount of humbling for me to realize it. And I'm, I'm, yeah, just, I guess that's, that's what I would leave our listeners with. Shout out to to dedication of this episode to the Matthews clan, yeah. of course, for always being always being there. Yeah. Yeah, man. They're good people. They're good people. Um so yeah, recap. Don't answer phone numbers <laughs> that you don't recognize. Never if it's the any government agency will only communicate via mail and it will be official. So don't ever respond to anything that's not via mail from these places uh and also as much as possible take i would say like take three deep breaths when you're in a situation Mm. like this because at that point i think that will hopefully allow some system to thinking to some deliberate real decision making rational thinking to like come into the situation is like don't allow yourself to be snowballed into something just like take a step back Call someone that you trust, like get a consensus, get like, and if there's not people that you trust, build that trust now, you know, because there will be ramifications if you don't. Wise words. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, thanks for just being a delightful co-host and not making me feel any, um, I don't know more humiliated than I already did. No, it happens to all of us. It's good to get the stories out so that we, maybe we can save somebody down the line who, uh, who hasn't quite had this, these experiences yet. So yeah. if we can just save one person from Vlad, then this will all be worth it. <laughs> Indeed. Until next time, listeners. See you guys. Thank you.